Man. Thanks, Matt. Um, I just met Matt uh, officially, so we're good friends now. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, great. Well, uh, I'm really excited. I, uh, um, when you say that we have a wealth of experience, uh, I always, I never feel like I have a wealth of experience working in digital spaces. So um, it feels like the world of digital and social and how do you win out there uh, is changing constantly. And so um, I always feel like I'm new to the party in that uh, in this world. So um, I'm excited. Uh, my name's Alex. I uh, am the pastor of operations at Artisan Church in Blaine, Minnesota. We're up off uh, uh, 65 and 117th Avenue. Um, and we uh, were uh, a relaunch out of Abundant Life Church, if you have, uh, are familiar with that. And so my pastor, his name's Sam Grosso, uh, one of my good friends, and he asked me, uh, hey, do you want to come and work at the church? And so here I am, and we've been figuring out how to do so many fun things and some other not fun things. So it's been great. Uh, but uh, May, do you want to introduce yourself quick before? Yeah. Hi, I'm Maddie. I work as a social media specialist at River Valley Church. I've been in the position for almost a year, coming up on May 17th. Am I talking loud enough? Can everyone hear me? Okay. Um, and so I was contracted previously for um, social media, but originally I actually had no desire to go into ministry, um, but kind of stepped into the plate and stepped up to it and um, love what I get to do. But ultimately I love the vision that I get to serve and that's to serve the kingdom of God. Um, and so, yeah, I love what I get to do. I love equipping people to do what they're doing at their church. Um, so yeah, worked at River Valley for a year. Yeah. Maddie is, um, me and her works together on the River Valley Network team, and we're both RVLI alumni, so shout out <laughs> RVLI, uh, go check it out. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just want to uh, begin uh, by telling a couple of stories, and I think it's going to help paint a picture of where we're at right now when it comes to leading local churches, trying to figure out how to reach people in our communities, how digital fits into that space and uh, how we should be thinking. And so just kind of to contextualize it, uh, there are two recent stories of some people that connected to Artisan Church, um, and, uh, and they're both, they both relate to digital spaces in different ways. And so we had recently one of our worship leaders at Artisan, her name is Erica. She's actually right here. She's sitting right there. Uh, uh, she got in a car accident, which is a huge bummer. Uh, but you're alive, so praise the Lord. Um, and the police officer that was pulling her over, or not pulling her over, that showed up to the scene, uh, she was uh, like, do you need worship at, at Artisan Church? And Erica was like, I, yeah, you know? And she was like, I've been watching Artisan Church on Facebook Live for like six months. I'm a cop. I, I work Sundays a lot. I can't always make it to church physically. So I've been watching church online, and it's been so encouraging. And the messages have been for me. Uh, and it's amazing. And she's like connected more and more now to our church. Super cool. Uh, additionally, recently, we had someone connect to our church and uh, he, he came on a Sunday. We invited him to a welcome home dinner that we did. And uh, at this welcome home dinner, he said, man, like I haven't had good physical, like in-person, like human relationships in two years. In two years, I've been, all my friends are digit like people digitally and so I just I think we should uh, be really excited about how do we leverage digital platforms 
simultaneously, I think we should realize we're kind of playing with fire a little bit when we're, when we're doing this kind of stuff. And so I just want to talk briefly just a few questions that we ask ourselves on our team at Artisan uh, about how to develop a philosophy around what we do digitally, how we approach digital spaces as a church. And then Maddie, who has a wealth of social media expertise, is going to talk about some digital, like how do we tell stories digitally. Uh, and so that's going to kind of how we'll divide it up. And then uh, we'd love for this to be super interactive and conversational. And so be thinking about it. if you have any questions or if you're like, hey, you said that, but like explain that more or whatever, uh, we'll leave some time to, to talk. So um, I'm going to I'm just talk through four questions that we ask at Artisan regularly uh, when it comes to digital presence and what our digital presence looks like. The first one is, what can we consistently do well? I know um, there's, it, it feels like a gold rush um, to digital, especially when COVID hit. Everyone's, all of a sudden, every church ever is on YouTube and we're doing online services and we're like, how do we do this? How do we engage people? How do we invite, uh, like, uh, more than just watching a live stream, there's more to it, you know. Um, and we just ran into this problem of like, we're trying to do everything right now. We are trying to do everything. And so uh, one thing that we found is um, we've actually begun to narrow what we do and, and ask the question of how, what can we consistently do well? What every week can be done with excellence? So you think about like, you know, right now we're asking the question of like, should we be on like TikTok or something? Um, can we do it well all the time? Yeah. When we can do it well all the time, we might do it. Uh, if we can't do it well all the time, we, we're not going to do it yet, you know? Um, we define that like, uh, I think excellence is a, a little bit different for everybody, but for us, it's doing the best with what we have. What do we have and how can we uh, do the absolute best with the things in our hands? And so like, Excellence for Artisan Church right now does not look like excellence for River Valley Church right now. And so uh, that's one thing we're always thinking about, like what can we consistently do well digitally? Um, the second question we're asking is, how can we engage with individuals digitally? So on every platform, we're asking the question, how, how does this open a door how does this open a door for someone to, whether it's um, we're responding to a comment, we're, you know, one thing we've been playing with recently is when someone follows us on Instagram or likes our Facebook page or whatever, we just send them a message if we can. If they don't have a private account, we just send them a message. We're like, hey, we're, uh, thanks so much for liking our page. Thanks so much for following us. Like, uh, if you have any questions about our church, we'd love to dialogue with you, yeah. uh, or if you're just checking it out, like, no worries, whatever, you know? Um, so how can we engage with individuals? And I think this is um, something that's changed a lot in kind of the social media world the last couple of years, but like, people, like, they don't just wanna fall on account. They wanna, right. like, be inspired. They wanna connect with something. And so um, that's something that we've been doing. I, I, I know um, that, and Maddie will talk a little bit more about specifically social media and storytelling and all that, but and she has a wealth of experience there. Um, the third question we've been asking is how can platforms help each other out and feed each other? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I could probably do an entire breakout session on how underrated email is, yeah. um, honestly. 
our biggest platform at Artisan Church is our email list. Um, and it feeds a lot. So when we're um, trying to get engagement on YouTube, it's only happening because there's people in our church that trust us with their email address. And we're like, hey, if you watched the latest message, check it out. Yeah. Hey, if you missed church, uh, you, can, you can check out the message. It's right here. It's ready for you. you know? um, so when we think about using digital platforms, I think there's a, a tendency to say, oh, let's launch this platform. Let's do it. Let's blow it up. There's something, um, there's a phrase that's been used in our world in the last 10 years or so called organic growth. That phrase is bogus. Organic growth is not real. Nothing grows organically. I bought a house five years ago. It had a lot of organic growth. It was disgusting. The yard was horrific, okay? That was organic growth. There was no order whatsoever. Digital platforms do not grow organically. Uh, you use what you have to help grow others. You, you say, hey, um, we're, we're, we're gonna launch a, we're, gonna, we're on podcasts. No one's listening to podcasts. How do we say, hey, if you haven't listened to the podcast, check it out. You know, like drop in little hints. We send a weekly email at Artisan, and it's every week, it's tailored. What's going on? What's going on at Artisan? What's going on at Artisan? And there's links, easy next steps, all of it. Um, the fourth question, and then I'll, I'll go to Maddie, because Maddie is gonna uh, talk a lot about social, which might be a, you know, the reason a lot of you are in the room, um, is how simple can it be? How simple can it be? Um, one of uh, the side effects of digital is things can be enormously complex really quickly. <laughs> like uh, websites, um, everything, how it's connected, how do I register for this or connect with that or whatever. Um, I want to encourage you, like, as you're thinking about next steps digitally, how would someone connect with your church digitally? How simple can it be? Um, one thing we do is we have a singular digital hub for our church. It's our connect page on our website. Every single thing that we care about that's going on right now at our church is on our connect page on our website. There's one page, one link. That's it, everything. Um, our Instagram goes to it, our YouTube goes to it, our podcast goes to it, our Facebook goes to it, our email lists, every link you click on our email goes to the connect page. Everything. Um, it is like, so simple, if you're 80, you could figure it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and we've just found like, um, in the kind of world of digital, there's always a million people trying to sell you stuff, trying to get your attention. Simplicity wins. Like, the easiest way to lose someone who's interested is with unnecessary complexity. Um, and so, yeah, those are just some questions we've been asking um, and uh, we found that, um, particularly that fourth one, like uh, simplicity, we've, we, we felt like, man, um, we don't need to uh, be just like a, a, a bug in people's ear digitally. That's not our goal. Like, um, if you're, it's even something like, um, people talk about data uh, and how do we get people's information? How do we get people to follow us? How do we get people engaged? All of it, ads, all of it. Um, we're like, hey, if you're interested in artisan, check us out. You know, um, simplicity is key. So uh, I'm gonna hand it off to Maddie. Maddie's got a ton of thoughts on social, and then we can kind of talk through maybe some challenges you guys are dealing with or questions you have or whatever. 
Um, yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of backstory. I interned for River Valley Network, which equips churches all over the world just with resources, HR documents, sermon series, things like that. Um, and I ran the network social just as part of my internship. Did not go over well. I, they just kind of handed it to me because one, I was their only intern. And two, because I grew up Gen Z. So that's just like part of how I stepped into social media. Um, and so I finished my internship and I was like just taking some time outside of the ministry. Um, and ended up getting contracted for River Valley social media. Um, our inside joke at River Valley is, especially on the experience team that I work on, is that we don't really have an interview process. The job, just, you're just kind of hired. Um, and so I kind of got contracted for the position. And when we sat down talking about social media, we kind of brought together of like, okay, do, does River Valley really need to have an Instagram account? Which is kind of a really big question of considering the church of our size. Um, and what we're trying to do. And so we sat down and we had that really hard conversation of like, do we need to have an Instagram? Because at the time my boss was, was really not happy about where it was at because it was 2020. We had just gone through everything that would happened with George Floyd and just COVID. And so there was so much coming at us. Um, and so had the hard conversation. We sat down and we said, okay, so what are the goals that we want to have for social media? And so I want to encourage you in your church, if that's you, if you're the one maintaining social platforms, sit down and write down the goals that you want to have of like, what are our goals? Are we reaching those and are we maintaining them? Um, and so I'll read just kind of the list of goals that we have at River Valley. One, we want to celebrate what God is doing at our church. God is moving at River Valley and I know that God is moving at your church. And so use social media as a celebration tool of like, how many people got baptized? You had a, one person get baptized? Well, we do it for the one, so you should celebrate that. Um, and so if you have a worship night, celebrate that. If you have sermon series, celebrate those instead of promoting them. We do use social media to promote. And this is also kind of a hot topic. I kind of stepped into the position and I said, we're going to change everything. I don't really like the way that we're doing it. Um, and so promoting stuff, I didn't really like seeing the way graphics looked on our feed just because I didn't like it. And so I said, we're not really going to do like feed graphics anymore. Um, they don't do well. People aren't really excited about it. And so we instead turned our feed graphics to story posts, and we can post those as many times a week as we want. We can post those twice a day, three times a day. We keep, um, we just a practical thing, we do a Monday, it's kind of like a weekly email, people kind of expect it. Um, I really want to kind of hype up the email process a little bit. Once you send, once you send a weekly email and you're consistent with that, people are wanting to know what's going on at your church. And so just get consistent about it and like maintain that because people want to know. They kind of like look and if we're like five minutes off from our delivery time, they're like, wait, I didn't get the email. Like what's going on this week? Um, and so we do upcoming events on Mondays to kind of promote what's going on in the next few weeks. And so we just keep that as a story highlight on our Instagram. That's just a little bit practical. Um, another goal for River Valley is that we want to connect with people even if they don't attend a campus. And so what Alex said earlier about DMing a person back, like could you imagine if you followed a church and then you realize that someone's on the other side of that? Um, sometimes when you send a social media message to another person or another company or something, you're like, well, I don't know if they'll see it. They see it and they want to connect with you. Um, and so if you're the one maintaining your social platforms, like be DMing people, be active and be engaging because people will just want to connect with you. Um, and four, we want to educate. Um, the reason we post a lot of our like sermon reels graphics or um, celebration is kind of more internal, 
but all, almost all of the other content that we're posting is for people to share on their uh, own accounts. And so we're posting, this is kind of an upcoming thing, but tomorrow morning we're posting a, a graphic that just says, smile, it's Sunday. Super simple. And one of our like, volunteer graphic designers designed it. Um, we're posting that, not because our, like, our attendees like, are excited about Sunday. We want them to be able to share that on their story so that other people can be like, wait, why are you smiling that it's Sunday? Like, that means we have to go to work tomorrow. Like, we're sharing content so that people want to be able to share that on their accounts and know that something's different about Sunday. Um, and then we also want to empower our church to share their faith, which kind of goes back to doing educational resources of sermon reels, um, quote graphics, things like that. We want to be able to um, equip people to share their faith because sometimes it's a little bit scary. I get, honestly, I get really scared posting things about River Valley or God or things on my social platforms just sometimes just because you don't really know what you're going to get back. Sometimes people are mean on social media. And so that um, makes it an easy way. That is super easy. Smile at Sunday. You are loved. Simple truths like that, even a Bible verse. We're not sharing that for our attendees. We're sharing that for people outside of our church. Um, and so that is kind of what River Valley leans to for it. But also... Um, I had a meeting with someone a few weeks ago for a nonprofit, and he's like, I'm looking for someone that's like organized and, but also creative. Social media is kind of this like weird balance of like, you need to have like a creative space, but also be super organized and strategic. Um, and I said, honestly, you just need to find someone that's after your vision. The reason I work in social media is one, I work on a really great team, but I serve a really, really great vision. I would not be working at River Valley if Pastor Rob's vision did not align with the Holy Spirit and what God wanted to do in River Valley. And so if you're the one maintaining your social media or your digital platforms, be all in on the vision. If you're not there, then people will see it on the outside. And so you need to be fully aligned with what the Holy Spirit's doing in your church because if you're not on board, you're going to get left behind and people are going to see it. Um, so just kind of that. It's kind of hard to gauge who's in the room just because we do have like lead pastors and doing like top tier work and then we also have volunteers doing work and so we wanted to leave a lot of time for just questions and everything just so we can kind of gauge our stuff and so if you have more specific questions we want to be able to answer that too. yeah i think what uh right at the end there what you highlighted maddie is like um it, a lot of times if people if i'm having a conversation about social or digital or any of that um the common thread i've found no matter what we're doing is it is a lot of intentional effort and work and so uh, it, it's one of those pieces where, like, if you want to excel digitally as a church, it is going to take hours. Like, it's just, it just does, you know. Uh, and there are times where we work on something and it doesn't really turn out. So it's, sometimes it's hours that you don't even get a return. You know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, but every time you, all the work you put in, you're, you're developing yourself, you're developing your team, you're developing your church. And so, yeah, it's super uh it's, it, I, we found it to be worth it, you know. More and more I've found that we are having people come to our church and say, yeah, we like found you on Google or like yeah. we found you on Facebook or like my friend shared this thing on Instagram and that looked really interesting and so I just started following it and, and keeping an eye on it mm -hmm. and maybe that was a year ago. Right. Um, and so what you're doing digitally also is you're planting little tiny seeds mm -hmm throughout people's process of connecting. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're creating a very early often, yep. um, small little piece of encouragement yep. 
or small little piece of here's how, you know, hey, we love community here at Artisan Church. Here's what that looks like. And like, oh, like, these people like people, you know? Um, and so it's very much like little tiny yeah. seeds being planted um, all over the place. And there's a ton of potential, yeah. um, but it is a ton of work too. So, um, so does anyone have questions, uh, thoughts on anything we said? Uh, we can start right here. What's your name? My name's Rita. And tell us where you're from. I'm from Alexandria Reach Church. Cool. My husband's the lead pastor there, so like, but I'm kind of, I don't know what my role is. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fill everything, yeah. Uh, I don't either. So. <laughs> I'm kind of over social, I guess. I don't know. But my question is, it does take a lot of time and mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because I'm doing all these other things, mm -hmm. there's this question of, okay, paid staff volunteers but you also need content but you also need to be creating content like pictures videos like how do you structure a team that can all kind of be going in the same direction so you don't mm -hmm. have differing <laughs> you have the brand yeah but also you know you don't want to ask too much of people and yet we can't afford to like hire somebody or to just do mm -hmm. this right i don't know it's kind of more of the how do you get the team yeah i don't know what i'm asking which, um, what, the question you're asking is super important because the, the, your ability to empower creatives to get content is how good your social will be. Like, um, and so Maddie probably has a ton of thoughts on this because she's amazing at this, exactly what you're talking about. But um, I would say the common thread I've found, um, we have worked really, really hard at Artisan to make a creative team and we're still working hard. Yeah. And so it's just this constant process to build a creative team that is super fun to be on yep. and that l allows people to um, uh, use their gifts in cool ways. Like uh, one of the, uh, honestly, I think the average age on our creative team right now is like 16. Um, there are uh, teenagers in our church that know how to take photos. There are yeah. teenagers in our church who know how to fly a drone. There are teenagers yeah. in our church that know how to, like work like get amazing videos they're the ones watching TikTok all day they get, like honestly they get it they get what speaks to people and so now does that mean we just say hey you're in charge you're 16 great uh no uh we build a process for it you know um and we're very intentional and it's it, it, it's a lot of work i feel like honestly at artisan it took us about nine months to even get to a place where we were like we kind of like this like it's starting to like, okay, this feels good. Like, um, and so the team is everything and what you're, yeah. So anyway, you probably have thoughts on this too. Man managing a team is no easy task, um, especially trying to source people. Honestly, it's the biggest hurdle I'm trying to jump over right now um, at River Valley. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys have so many creatives. Yeah, trying to source them all is insane. Um, and so it's something that I'm really struggling with right now. And so... I've just been like, whenever I go to a campus, we have nine locations, and so whenever I go to one, and I see like a little girl that's kind of like watching me, I'm like, do you want to try? And just hand her the camera and like watch her take the photo. Obviously, I'm like holding the camera with her, but I bring her along in the journey. She has no idea what she's doing. She has no idea how expensive the camera is that she's holding, how much that is, thousands of dollars, dear God, just if she drops it, my life is over. Um, but she, she's 12 and serving once a month. Hmm. And obviously like I'm there with her training, but the photos that we're using 
on social media are the photos that she's taking. Mm -hmm. And so we're just bringing her along on it. And so mm -hmm. just invite people on the process. And when people see that you're doing that, they're like, hey, I, I do video. Do you, are you interested in video? Yeah, I am. I'm, we're really actually trying to move to a more like video sphere on social. Have you seen Reels? They're doing really well. I want you on my team. Mm -hmm. um, and so bringing people along the journey and organizing them and like cultivating kind of what Alex said earlier, mm -hmm. of cultivating a community of people that want to serve. Mm -hmm. Creating a serve team for social media looks way different than creating a serve team for greeting. Mm -hmm. Super different and way more buy-in, but also people are serving for worship and they have to practice throughout the week. So how come mm -hmm. I can't use those hours in a different time after service editing photos, you know, or yeah. creating graphics or things like that. There are people willing to serve. You just have to mm -hmm. find them and then bring them along and kind of like, give them barriers kind of when you're bowling and you have mm -hmm. the bumpers up kind of like give them bumpers just to be like hey like that's the end goal i'll let you do it but i might give you some tips on mm -hmm. how um to do that yeah. but really great question honestly we're all really struggling can with I that. Add to that too you can get so much more with an iphone than you think you can um so i think a lot of times what is it? Or, or samsung yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, um I, I, honestly, like I've been shocked. We've been th going through this season, even in yeah. the digital sphere, if you're not aware, like where everything's moving to video, engaging video. Uh, and people love authentic behind the scenes like content. Uh, I've been shocked. We've done an iPhone reel or something and it, I'm shocked how many people will yeah. like it and like how much engagement it'll get. Uh, and you think, oh, it's not professional to honestly, if you uh, don't have an expensive camera, now but might be the best time in the digital space to not own an expensive camera. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it, tell stories. Yeah. That's, that's, we did this one recently where we just told the story of child dedications happening in our church. Yeah. So we're just sort of like, let's just like follow a couple kids through the process of like, they're going to the meeting beforehand, they're uh, being dedicated, they're with yeah. their parents, they're in worship being held, you know, like yeah. who doesn't love that? It's cute yeah. kids, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and it was all on an iPhone, and it was all a volunteer. We just followed kids around with an iPhone, yep. literally. And we asked them permission, because ask people permission yeah. if you're gonna yeah. film them for whatever. But. Or at least them. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, who right here? I'm uh, Paul Walsh. I'm from Northwest Wisconsin. But here we go. Hey, Paul. Probably been involved in church social media for about 15 years. Wow. You know, you said it's all about opening doors and planting seeds. Mm. I'm one of these people that closes doors and weeds up these seeds mm. because uh, I end up calling up a lot of uh, church secretaries and uh, other people that are involved in social media saying, do you think it was a good idea to post this uh, story about this guy who's running uh, a seminary to teach underground church leaders in China? Or do you think it's a good idea to have posted this thing about this woman in India who takes street girls off the street who puts herself in risk with mm. yeah. the government and more importantly organized crime and uh, it's just amazing the things that are out there churches are posting things about please pray for so-and-so missionary in mm -hmm. sensitive country named this mm -hmm. and uh, mm. you know I can do three Google searches and I can tell you exactly what city that person in that sensitive country is in. Wow. And so can a whole lot of other people, but mm -hmm. yeah. we have to be so careful yeah. about what we're putting mm -hmm. out yeah. online. Yeah. We endanger people. Yeah. We're not endangering those missionaries. Those missionaries 
the worst thing that's going to happen to those missionaries is they're going to get kicked out of the country on their butt. Mm -hmm. But everybody who is associated with them, mm -hmm. they're in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. yep. And we just have to be so careful what we're doing because yeah. we want to reach people, but we want to reach people with the right thing mm -hmm. yeah. and not what shouldn't be out there. Yeah. yeah. That's super true. We actually, right now, what we're trying to reflect on is how do we better value missions as a church in the public? Like, so like on social, um, all our digital spaces, how do we um, communicate to the world that yeah. we deeply value yep. the mission of God globally? And that is a really, really tricky thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can say missionary A. Jones from the middle of Europe someplace, yep. but we don't want to say sensitive country, right. which is whatever country that is. Totally. You know, yeah. but it's, it's so easy to just take and compare it. I can go search, Google search, Assembly of God, sensitive country, and it's like the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. it just, it's just amazing. Totally, totally. Yeah, I know it's a real thing. I can it's a real thing. I'll chime to you real quick. Chad, yeah. If you guys know, if you're in Assembly of God's church, Travis and Carrie Abrahamson mm -hmm. uh, serve in a, in a in sensitive country. They're great people to email because they will give you resources on how to communicate in public spaces mm -hmm. uh, and celebrate what's happening in sensitive countries. Um, and she, she actually helped us develop our policy as a district mm -hmm. about what we share to share not post. So I would encourage you, many of you have probably support her as a local assembly of God church, like to reach out to her by email and just say, hey, mm -hmm. what do we do? We want to champion missions, but we know that people, you know, people with families like you are serving in places that are sensitive. What do we do? And she'll explain it and just in real brief, but she does it way better. It's you never close the loop. So mm -hmm. if there's a loop of information related to an, a missionary that is A, that they're a missionary, B, that they're serving in their location, yeah. C is their name. Never use all three. Never mm -hmm. use, you know, never close the loop in mm -hmm. a communication. So if you want to mention a country, that there's someone serving in a, in a country, never use their name, never use missionary. Mm -hmm. yep. Use words like worker. But anyway, connect with someone like that that is already serving in a country mm -hmm. and they'll be able to give you all the and, and the worst culprits for doing this are district offices and Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, is the uh, just trying to support is you the know? <laughs> policy available that you guys use at the district? I can find it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just common sense. Uh, Don't give all three things. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, low key I want it, you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone else? Right here. So going back to Right. Great job. Yeah. We're going to use this because I'm part of a very, very small community, and mm -hmm. our church is pretty large in our area. Mm -hmm. But I'm running in every aspect. I'm doing, you know, a whole bunch of different ministries, and I don't mm -hmm. have so much time to yep. go to digital. But we need to, and it's important. So mm -hmm. I love the idea of bringing teams on mm -hmm. the team. Mm -hmm. So how do you? Yeah. Like, uh, how do you say yes, no to content and without mm -hmm. offense yep. and discouraging them? I was just picking Maddie's brain on some of this process before we did the uh, breakout. But uh, I know like for us right now, um, a lot of, a very, very high percentage of our digital content still goes through me. Um, part of that is uh, we're just, like I said, we have a very young team. Uh, the other thing is um, 
what should <laughs> what should be under scrutiny is stuff that holds a lot of weight. Your digital communication externally is getting a lot of eyes. <laughs> so uh, what it's saying, the language it's using, all of that, super important. So um, yeah, what we try to do is empower people to grab content and build content and create things. And then, but we still have, um, and, and even it's, it's a process we're still working on developing too at Artisan. Like we're still super young. And so Maddie, you probably have a few thoughts on this, but um, we, yeah, I would say the vast majority of our digital content is still running through like me for like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Or, hey, can we tweak that or whatever? Or, or let's use this language or, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a hard thing to, um, communications is you have to, sometimes it can get out of, out of control and you got to keep it like, who we are. We want to yeah. always be communicating our values, what we're not even like being afraid to express that. Um, with like gathering content, I we manage nine campuses, and so on a weekend we have from four to nine photographers submitting photos. I use Dropbox just because that's the easiest way. Because one, I I need to get all of their raw files just in case I don't like the way that they're editing the photos. But then also um, for legal reasons they need to submit their photos just in case there's photos of kids. We want to make sure that their name tags are hidden um, just so we're making sure that our kids are safe. And so I get all of their raws and then we also have a folder for them to submit their edits. And then I'm working on um, a folder for them of creative edits. And so if there's a photo that they want to have a fun edit on, I'm working on allowing them space to create an edit um, for like if they wanted to put a quote graphic over it or things like that. And so I get all of their raw images. And so I do have like my paid photographers that volunteer on the weekend and that own photography companies. Um, I use their photos, but then I also use photos for people that are like, hey, like I shot this on an iPhone, but it's a youth student and I want to support them. And so I put it in the carousel, but just not towards the front. But they still, when they're on social media, they'll see it and they're like, oh my gosh, my photo's in the carousel. They still get excited and I'll message them and be like, hey, I loved the photo. Maybe next time get it a little bit closer without distracting. Um, that's another thing that I want to bring up of um, when, with your photographers, you want to equip them, but also the way that I explain it when they're new stepping into the position is it's a house of God. It's a house that you should feel comfortable going wherever you need to, but also people are worshiping. It's worship. And so don't be distracting. And so if you're going to be distracting, don't do it, but also feel comfortable getting on stage and getting a shot of the worship team or the pastor. Obviously, like, don't come within several feet of them, but like, if you need a wide angled shot of the room, get on stage in the corner and wear all black and be a little bit secretive. Don't wear like, full neon clothing, but that's kind of how I explain it. Of equip your photographers to feel comfortable to where they're going. We right now only allow staff in our kids area just because we want to make sure that our kids are safe. If our kids aren't safe, then my job is over. Um, and if I put a kid in danger, I, I will quit. You know, like I want to make sure that our kids are our top priority. If we're the church that says like, oh, sorry, like your kid isn't safe anymore, then we've we've lost the role as the church and so right now only staff is allowed and our go te go kids team our pastors are equipped with phones we use go iphone photos for our go kids social media and on stories and things like that and so equip your team to take photos you know like iphone photos still work really really well so yeah. annette Mm -hmm. You're getting the volunteers to get the content and stuff. 
they're not the ones that are actually posting no. onto your page. Yeah. Yeah, for us, no, I don't think for you guys. Um, just because, honestly, like our, our digital space, a ton of people see it. Yeah. Um, it's really, really important that we curate it well. Um, and uh, the other piece, too, is like there may come a day where there's a lot more empowerment. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're just trying to keep a high standard um, at Artisan for what we post. Yeah. And so um, that's the other piece, too, is like, um, so I'd rather. Personally, right now, we outsource to creative volunteers mm -hmm. the content. Yep. You know what I mean? And then we are um, kind of curating the story, yep. if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Um, so we do have like youth pages and everything. So we, um, we use Buffer. It's a scheduling and approval process tool. Mm -hmm. um, and so we do have volunteers and contractors and interns that manage all of our accounts. In total, we have 26 social accounts, including all of our Facebooks, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. Um, and so that's a lot to maintain. And so we equip volunteers and contractors and other staff members mm -hmm. to maintain those. And so with Buffer, it's super helpful because then it gets sent to me and I get to have eyes on it because anything that's it, that goes wrong on social media or anything that goes good on social media, ultimately I'm held responsible for it and my boss is held responsible for it and ultimately Pastor Rob is responsible for it. And so if there's a youth student that's managing the youth account and something goes wrong on it, Pastor Rob ultimately is responsible for that. And ultimately God is responsible for that. You know, like someone else is going to look poorly on the church because of what our youth intern posted. And so we use Buffer for an approval process. Um, so, and our interns and volunteers are all like trained on how to copyright and um, take photos and what a, a strategy looks like for a normal week. So you talked about your goals being like celebrating mm -hmm. and maybe getting a couple of them, but I'm wondering where analytics comes mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then asking questions, why? So yep. you have the number, why, why, why is the number the way it is? Mm -hmm. Based on what we did. Yeah, um, analytics. I go back and forth of like, I love our analytics and then I hate analytics of like gaining content. Because Instagram algorithm actually doesn't work super well. They just added a, another tool so where you can actually change so it's in timeline sequence instead of like, oh, these are the accounts that you're engaging with, but there's a high percentage of accounts that follow us that aren't engaging with us. But um, post by post, our posts that do really, really well, that are like huge celebrations, our Sparkle is our women's conference every year. Any post that is related to Sparkle, any post that is related to generosity mm -hmm. or missions. And so not that the other posts are throwaway posts, like sermon recaps, we think of, um, if we were a business and we were to look at what our major product is, is a weekend service. So how many deliverables can we get out through a weekend service? Because you're doing the service two, three times. How many deliverables? You can get a quote graphic, a couple reels. You can get some worship reels, worship photos, um, things like that. But looking at analytics, um, I look to see mostly I look at saves and sends. I don't look at comments or likes. Um, saves and sends really is where I'm trying to get people because I want people to put it on their own account. It means that our account or our post was good enough for people to want to share and celebrate on their platforms. Mm. Um, and so 
we I don't really look at I I do look at analytics, but I know what our church wants to hear. And so maybe your church has a different area that you guys really like to focus in on. Focus in on it and people people go to your church because they want to support your vision. They don't they could go to any church. Any church is streaming online on the weekends, but people go to your church because they want to support the vision. Yeah. So really find what that is and push it on social for good analytics. One thing to um, piggyback off that too, we just made a, uh, an analytics decision recently where um, we looked at our social and we actually chose to stop posting as much uh, or as many photos of worship yep. in our service of kind of the wide, you know, the classic wide shot of the people, everyone's in the room, they're worshiping, all that. Um, we just found that, for one, they haven't performed well, um, and what per, what's been performing for us really well has been uh, human beings, yep. like seeing someone's face, seeing yep. a couple people having a blast, yep. seeing someone uh, with their kids walking into church, whatever. Uh, and so that's even like, that was informed by analytics, you yep. know? Uh, we go, people aren't interested in how many people are in the room. Yeah. They're going... Is this a church where when I show up, someone's going to smile at me and say hi yeah. and welcome me? Yeah. You know, and so we're like, oh, well, we want our Instagram to feel like that, you know? So, um, you know, that's an example of a, a decision made on analytics. What was your process for gathering analytics on all your platforms? Do you have any tips on streamlining it? Uh, go, uh, honestly, this is an area where, like, classic Google Docs is great. Uh, like, I'll keep a Google Sheet yeah. uh, and look at how are we doing in every area. One of the tough things is... Um, you know, Facebook likes and it's apples and oranges. Facebook mm -hmm. likes and Instagram yeah. views on a reel or whatever. It's yeah. not necessarily all mm -hmm. um, the same yardstick, yeah. you know, uh, if that makes sense. And so um, you might have some other thoughts on this too. River Valley is really good at analytics. So. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day at a staff meeting. River Valley loves the numbers, but when it comes down to it, we just care about the heart change and the presence of God. Praise God. Um, but um, for River Valley, I just use a Google spreadsheet. Um, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10, I sit down and cull through all of the posts for all of our accounts. And I gather the, the equation that I use to gather like analytic percentage um, engagement rate is likes, comments, saves, and sends for Instagram divided, multiplied by how many people saw it, divided by... I don't know. I use the I use the equations <laughs> like number in the spreadsheet. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, it's you can look up an engagement rate equation and it'll pull up on Google. But I just go week by week, and then if you look, and I also track followers and then number of posts. The most of the time for all our platforms, the more posts that you have, the lower your engagement rate. We have a, like a cutoff around seven. So if we're posting more than seven times a week, our engagement rate tends to cut off a little bit and drop back down. Um, but that's just for River Valley. Um, but engagement, yeah, I mean, over time, I, a good engagement percentage for like overall is like seven to 8%. Also the tool that I mentioned earlier, Buffer, um, has a really great um, dashboard, dashboard to gather analytics. They just don't involve reels and videos all the time or like co-authors, which is kind of inconvenient. So that's why I go post by post on Instagram. Um, but it does get, gather a good, insight for your analytics. The other thing with data that I think is really, really important is set it and use it consistently. Mm -hmm. So um, pick what matters to you the most data-wise yep. and measure that. 
Because what's going to matter is measuring that over six months, mm -hmm. measuring that over a year, <laughs> measuring that over two years. And so if you're constantly changing what data you're measuring, you're not going to have a good picture over yeah. the long term yeah. of, what, of how you're doing, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Uh, when you say Facebook groups, you mean like um, the pages. smaller groups of people on Facebook, like groups pages, or? Yeah, just kind of that overall conversions, uh, uh, groups out there. Yeah. Uh, businesses are using it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Facebook and Facebook ads particularly is a world that, uh, that's a whole world. Uh, I could, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the process of learning a lot about it. it do you want to touch on this? Um, my knowledge of like Facebook ads, it's like a whole thing. If you like step into the world of Facebook, it's a lot. But we do have like people like volunteers and attendees that like will willingly like post a sisterhood night event in like their mom's like neighborhood event like group and it goes over really really well um but that's not something that our staff is like actively doing or trying but we do have a testimony of some woman that saw it in a facebook group and then ended up coming to the next sisterhood night and then the next event after that she ended up having like a caravan of seven vans coming to their sisterhood night and so it it does gather really, really great um, engagement and traction. And so, especially when people see it coming from another person. Um, if like I were to go in for River Valley account and like post it, it looks kind of promo-y, but if someone's doing it from their own personal account, it looks very like, oh my gosh, authentic, they want me to come, that's so exciting. Um, and so, if you're gonna do it, I would say do it from like a personal account um, and bring people along with you. Like you wanna face the name, you know? Hey, Howard. I'm kind of a team of one. I'm a volunteer or like person at my team, at my church. Um, and then business, I was like, in my job, I was going to kind of manage brands. And it's, it's kind of a hot word mm. in like the creative space right now, I feel mm -hmm. like. But I feel like there's a difference. I've heard some church people talk about the difference between like branding and aesthetics mm. and how like if I personally am following like all coffee shops or um, all like if I'm a, if I'm a, like a skater skate or skater boy aesthetic mm -hmm. like and that's who I follow like that's gonna be my aesthetic that I want to create my brand yeah of, you know mm -hmm. so I feel like I've seen River Valley become really good at like having a clear consistent brand mm -hmm. but not being like stuck in that and I've even heard on. Um, Yeah. Because they just like, I don't like that font anymore. Yep. I don't like that color. Mm -hmm. And I'm now trying to like 
I want there to be consistency, yep. but I also don't want the aesthetic to just be my aesthetic. For sure, mm -hmm. you know? for sure. Um, so as a church, you know that there's like, we want everyone to attend. And so when I'm like posting, I'm looking, our target audience for River Valley is a, a 35 year old mom. And so that's like majority of who follows us. And so when I'm posting, I'm like, would my mom like this? <laughs> Mom's not 35, she would have loved it if I said that. Um, but she, and so like when we're posting, I like to make sure like we do have youth students that are following us, but we also have interns that are following us, but we also have moms and grandparents that are following us. And so I try to make sure that there's something for everyone. Um, and so making sure that we're highlighting our kids, but we're also highlighting care events that are happening. And so making sure that our aesthetic last year, I spoke at River Valley Conference, I bring, this is the only thing that I remember from our breakout session last year, was some girl asked, um, she raised her hand, and she was like, so I've noticed River Valley's Instagram like has a blue tint to it, like do you know why that is? Um, the answer is just because Pastor Rob likes the color blue, and so when I'm editing the photos, I tint it a little bit to the blue side instead of the warmer side. That's the answer, and so, um, I'm trying to like lean more towards the middle just because mm -hmm. someone said that to me. But um, when I'm editing photos, we all use the same presets. When my photographers are using them, I send out presets that we want to use for that season. And so they're all using that and they're kind of editing where they want. Um, but we like to make sure that it's cohesive, but not like a full grid. We, for our sparkle social media, we have a lot of fun with it just because we plan out the full grid at a time. And so it's three posts a week every single week and so it looks really really nice our graphic designer like goes in and like kind of puts the puzzle piece together but our main account is never going to look like that just because we want to make sure that we're getting so many different things in there where if a mom goes to our sparkle instagram account and they're like oh my gosh this looks so pretty i want to come um because that's the target market is they're like looking at our social media page and being like oh my gosh that looks so pretty i i need to be there where someone's looking at our instagram account we're managing our main account we're interacting with people of all ages. So we want to make sure that people can see all ages on our platform. In the back. Thank you for leading us through the session and just pouring into us, by the mm -hmm. way. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Nick from Community Celebration Church. This is one of my lead volunteers here. How old are you? Ten. So fun. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming. That's a lot. And then live stream stuff. And yeah. App, website, and online. Wow. So you don't do anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> Empty plate over here. Um, have you heard of the 80 20 rule? Of like 20% of your like effort creates 80% mm -hmm. of your results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what should I focus on? Um, <clears throat> should I like just not do face, uh, like Instagram and Twitter and just focus on? I think this is something we've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, I think the best way to start is to define your audience yeah. um, and ask who do I want to engage with this yep. and focus focus on that and so like honestly part of it's like who's in your church yep. who's in your community yeah. um, how, how your platforms are already doing mm -hmm. is probably fairly indicative of um, who's 
engaging with you already, who's a part of your church, who's a part of your city that maybe yep. follows you, whatever. And so typically I'm like, if, if you're throwing stuff at the wall and, st- and some stuff's sticking and some stuff's not sticking, keep doing the stuff that's sticking, yeah. you know? Uh, which seems oversimplified, but um, uh, particularly, you know, um, at, and the, one of the, I thought it was cool to, that you have, you have River Valley and Artisan, we're in two very different seasons yeah. as a church. Um, honestly, we don't do a lot right now. Like, we're like Instagram, YouTube, email, <laughs> Facebook, um, website. website. And so five, really five areas. And I'm like, let's do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's a reason, we should ask the question every few months, is there something we should add? And, but if we should, why? And so right now we're like, should we be on TikTok? We don't know, you know, like, um, and we're still navigating that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, is that who we're trying to reach? Why would we use it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the big question why are you using it? And if you're using it um, and it's reaching people, do it, you know? Uh, and, and that's part of it too, like do what works well, you know? And it's constantly changing, yeah. We probably have time for one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if there's anybody who has, is anyone who asked a question who hasn't asked a question yet? Right here. What's your name? Autumn. Nice to meet you, Autumn. Fun. together um but the last meeting we were like we made like one video because we all had ryan's blog and we were like this is mm. we can't come up with anything so yeah how do you guys like prepare for those meetings to kind of try to avoid that mm-hmm. block and yeah like, maybe like with captions or like the text that's going on your reel and stuff mm. like that. i feel like captions are the one area where mm. we're like i got nothing copywriting is no joke right. yeah <laughs> yeah um do you have thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have a, a monthly meeting with our social media leads. And so we have, um, I think, eight people that show up to that meeting. It's once a month. It's called Social Pals. It was Social Gals, but then some guys joined. Couldn't be Social Gals. Had to change it to Social Pals. Um, so we have it once a Good month. Good branding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so we have the meeting once a month, but we also have a Slack thread that's constantly being notified and so it's like this is this is the slack thread where you send all of your TikToks, all of your Instagram posts, all of your whatever inspiration that you have and put it here. So that way when we come back, we have a Slack thread that we can just go through. We have one, she manages our um, young adult social media and she calls it TikTok Tuesday where she just sends like 10 TikToks every Tuesday. And so if she's like trying to find stuff for me, I'm like, Angelina, go back to what you had and like see see if you can change it so it works for your audience. And so um, we have a lot of accounts. And so if something doesn't work, there's a lot of things that will not ever be posted on River Valley MN, but we could use it for youth or we could use it for worship and things like that. And so take things and make it so it adjusts to your audience. But copywriting is also something we wanted to touch on just a little bit. there are tools that I use. I think it's called Hemingway Writer. There's also Grammarly, which is like a lot of the like spelling stuff, but Hemingway Writer kind of tracks what your readability is. And so you want to stick around grade nine. 
um, for reading ability, but also kind of tells you like, hey, this sentence really doesn't work well. These are some synonyms that you can use instead, um, things like that. And then there's also another one. Um, I have it on my laptop if you want to come up and after it, but it kind of shows you like the percentage of what your tagline and your title is. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of another tidbit for Instagram, if you're writing a, a caption, your first 130, 180 characters are the only ones that are going to show until you have to click more. And so use that as kind of like the subject line for Instagram captions because those are the things that people are going to see. And so for just recently we did water baptism weekend and so our tagline for water baptism is made new. And so that's kind of what we use is like the subject line on Instagram, made new, and then after that we celebrated what the copy was. Yeah, I also think... Um, uh, being in putting yourself around a lot of inspiration mm -hmm. is, is possibly like you said you guys are constantly like sending each other stuff yeah. and that's one thing we found like on our with our creative volunteers like as much as we can be like oh if we tried something like that to, you know like um for like you know do you copy people yeah you know yeah. <laughs> so um There's yeah yeah totally so i i think immersing yourself in, in a ton of content and being inspired a lot is, is uh, the name of the game in some yeah. ways. Um, great, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna pass it off to Matt in a sec, but I'm just gonna pray for us, if that's okay. I uh, would love to pray over all of you and um, what God has entrusted you with. And uh, yeah, 